to the Listen, Learn, and Lead podcast, bringing you conversations with trailblazing teachers, leaders, and learners. Episode 10 of the Listen, Learn, and Lead podcast. My name is Andrew Fenstermaker, and I'm joined today by Scott Stimmel and Lisa Hildebrand. So welcome, everyone, to episode 10, a monumental double-digit episode. Double-digit episode. episode. (laughs) Um, So if we were to jump into this conversation, so Lisa, if you want to kind of jump in and just tell us a little bit about your role here at Van Allen and, and kind of your past of how you got into teaching all that. Okay. So I actually grew up in Bettendorf. I was very involved in sports there. I went to Luther College um, at Luther. I majored in health and PE. My junior year, I was required to take a art class, which I fell in love with art. So I went back and I had a triple major, which is art, health, and PE. Uh, my parents were very encouraging. They said you could do art on the side, you can coach, so you can do um, any three of those. So I actually started off in 2002 teaching art. Um, I also was hired to be the West High Varsity Volleyball Assistant Coach. Um, so I did art and sports together. Um, three years ago, this is my fourth year um, of teaching PE. Three years ago, I was um, transitioned from art into PE um, with district reshuffling. Um, I fell in love with PE. I love teaching PE. I love being with children. I love teaching them. I love having an impact on their daily lives. Um, so that's a little bit of background on myself and teaching. Great. How, how long have you been here at Van Allen? So I was here since it opened. I was hired to teach at Lincoln Elementary and Roosevelt Elementary. Um, and then when this job was opened up, I came over here and I was one of the few that have are still here that have opened Van Allen. Cool. So you kind of started out doing some wanting you to go PE, then did art for a little bit, and now you're back Correct. to TV. Now I'm back to it, yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Cool. So you've been using technology, um, some technology strategies. You've incorporated them um, in your uh, practices at in PE. Um, so how do you think that can change, like, what is traditionally done in an elementary PE setting? Or even not even elementary, even just, like, in a PE okay. setting. Yeah. Um, kids love technology. You see them out at the mall, and they're with a group of friends, but they're still on their phones or they're on their iPods. <laughs> so I was trying to incorporate how can you involve technology and get kids excited with technology and also exercising. One of my goals in teaching PE. Which, when, when people think about yes. that, sorry, that's yeah. that's usually not what it, they think about. Not. You're they correct. usually yeah. try and, you know, kids are not exercising when they're using technology. So it's a pretty, pretty cool concept. Um, one of my goals is to engage students in a lifelong, healthy lifestyle. And there are so many apps, there's so many different ways I feel we can do that with um, technology. Um, I love using Twitter. That's one of the ways I am incorporating technology. Um, It's a peek into everyone's classroom, especially into the um, gym and PE teachers. So I love seeing what they're doing. Um, I've done Swerk It. That is an app that I introduced to my students. And we had it on the projector. Um, With Swerk It, I had several students that said they downloaded this app. They've been doing it at home. Um, There's different versions where you do an exercise for a certain amount of time, you get a break, you do another exercise, so it leads you. You might do sit-ups, you might do jumping jacks, you might do push-ups, so it leads students, which is how hopefully I can incorporate. They can do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way 
that I have done it is last year I applied for a Feel Up to Play 60 grant and we were awarded a projector as well as the um, Apple TV, which allows me to hook up the iPad or my phone to the projector so students can see that and mirror um, what they're doing on the iPad or the phone. So that's work it app that the kids brought that to you or you introduced it to them and then Correct. they took it home. So I introduced that to them. Okay. I have a, quite a few apps that I can use. There's Tabata. There's a Swerkit um, where I introduced it to the students and they were, I wouldn't say they were moaning and groaning, but they were working really hard. The minimum was five minutes to do the warm up, which okay. I did it for a warm up. Like, oh, this is hard. Well, then come around and they, they liked the challenge. They said, oh, we downloaded that app and I did it with my sister and we were fighting over if we wanted to do abs or if we wanted to do whole body workouts. Wow. So it was cool. That's some good feedback from them. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's why, that's why I like to teach all these new ideas. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the app itself as something that you found as beneficial to integrate into the PE classroom. Now, if you think about um, it could be this year, it could be previous years. If you were to identify some of your top successes with infusing tech within your phys ed classroom, what would be some of your top success stories that you have? Um, so last year was, we made a, created a video using the green screen. Um, that video was submitted to Feel Up to Play 60. We had to highlight school breakfast and um, our video was one of the ones that won and was awarded $500 to use in PE. Nice. Um, this year, I started off using Plagnets and Plickers. So I'm sure you're familiar with Plickers. Plagnets is the magnetic version. So I created Plagnets. Um, one of the first lessons I did this year was with pedometers. Students had to guess if they would get more steps in skipping, walking, jogging, galloping. And so they were able to put their Plagnet up on which one they had the most on. And I was able to quickly scan it. Um, to record data, have assessment with the plagnets. Um, this year, I've also done some green screen where students created a video. So they did um, green screen with the Do Ink app. They did um, Padlet where they uploaded their videos, and then they created their warm up, their workout video on Wii Video, and they were able to edit it. So that's that was a big project this year that had to do with technology. Was the student created? videos which they created i told them what to do here's the tools how you do it okay now go make it so that was the biggest one this year technology so far and how did they respond to that was that they easy it. for them oh. hard for them was it it was a little bit of both um i gave them a packet that had ideas that they could use but told uh -huh. them okay here's some ideas you need to have at least X number of exercises in your video, but you can choose those exercises. Uh -huh. um, I had a couple of students that wanted to do the Jiffy app. And so I was like, okay, here's a Jiffy app you can do. We, um, they created it. And so students could roll the dice and they could choose to do this or they could choose to do this. Um, so it was really neat to see what they came up with, their themes that they had. We had some beachside Hawaiian. We had a couple, uh, one group that had money and the neat thing about that group was they had a boy that wore a sumo green wrestler outfit, blow up one. <laughs> yeah. And so he wanted the money on him rather than the green screen. So it was really neat to see kids think outside the box. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so with with the uh, the um, successes, there's, I'm sure, challenges and things that, um, you know, are seen as roadblocks or hurdles to get over integrating technology. What are some of those things that you deal with uh when, when trying okay. these things. So specifically with uh, student created videos, um, 
limitations, such as the green screen. I bought one really big green screen that was 12 by 20 feet. Whoa. And <laughs> I had two other ones. One was in our library. It was a smaller one. So one of the challenges was you try to get the whole body when they're doing the workout and you want students to do jumping jacks, but you can only see their upper body. You couldn't see the lower body. So I had the one big one and everyone wanted to use that one. Well, I wasn't going to just go out and buy another one. So we were trying to next year, I would buy another one and build up. Okay. Um, so that was a limitation as far as, oh, shoot, you can't see their feet or you can't see them do this. Or their hands are going yeah. out of Correct. the beach and then back in the beach yes. as they're coming so, up. So that was a challenge. Um, the iPads, I had five iPads and then I ended up, um, that was a struggle as far as it would have been nice to have the same iPads as groups. We had about probably eight to ten groups in each class. So we tried to encourage a little bit of sharing. Some kids were still working that other groups had the iPads. So that was a challenge and um, lack of time. I see the students. It was the fifth and sixth graders that made that 27 minutes, um, four times a week, which seems like a lot. But by the time you get the Chromebooks out, by the time you get the iPads loaded, get the directions, here's how you do this, help one group. Um, it challenging was a time it took us probably three weeks to actually finish the project, which was hard for me as a teacher and PE okay, we're not quite working out during that time. Right. But yet I kept telling myself the long-term goal is they're supposed to have a lifelong, healthy learn lifestyle. And if I can teach them how to make these videos, hopefully they can incorporate that in their lifelong, well, it, healthy lifestyle. It sounds like they did. It sounds like they yeah. went home and were doing abs yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with, with whoever was at home. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was great. Yeah. Cool. So it really sounds like a lot of the, the same obstacles you encountered are very similar to what a classroom teacher typically runs into. The time is, seems to be a constant barrier. Access to devices. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier that's pretty interesting too is sometimes uh, innovatively or innovation within a classroom or PE doesn't necessarily have to involve a ton of tech. So like your plag is it plagnets, plagnets, right? yeah. plagnets and plickers are really simple you only need really one device as the Correct. teacher to scan things. So really thinking rather than using tech just for tech's sake, how do we meaningfully integrate those resources with what we have? And basically, how do we innovate within the confines of what we're given or the constraints that we're given? So if you think about you shared some successes, you've shared some of the obstacles you've encountered. And now if we think kind of long term, what are some of your future goals with technology and PE? Um, so one of my immediate future goals is we have Jump Rope for Heart coming up in February. Um, I'd like to dive into some ideas, showing parents as a parent. I'd love to see what my child or children are doing in school. Um, so one of the ideas is possibly doing a flip grade or figuring out how can we communicate and show parents what their children are learning with Jump Rope, what skills are they learning, how are we doing Jump Rope for Heart and PE. Another way I'm really excited about is Van Allen is the only elementary school, as well as we have um, a junior high and a high school that are getting heart rate monitors. So we have Adidas Zone heart rate monitors that we're going to try out. Wow. Um, so those have been ordered. They're in. We just need to get them to Van Allen, and I have to hook them up with our class, with the students, so we can record that data to see what their heart rates are during PE. And I can change, okay, we're not getting our heart rates up. We need to change that so that would be a neat way of technology for students and as well you know exactly how hard they're working yes, with exactly. that. yes. <laughs> yeah. so and the next step too is then like t 
teachers are going to start wearing some of those too, right? So that you guys can <laughs> yeah. see like yeah. how, how fast our heart rates are during the school day at different... Yeah, get up right. and get moving. there's any correlation between... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blood pressure monitors yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So um, these sound like some really cool goals. Like I, the, what other... What junior high and high schools are, are getting those? So North Central is getting them uh-huh. as well as um, City High is getting them. Cool. So they're specific teachers that have been asked to pilot them. So ha- are you working with a group of other PE teachers out there to like come up with how to use them best? Like I'm kind I'm trying to think okay. of ways that you can kind of share with other teachers what you're doing. So there's a um, really good help with uh, Adidas, the lady that is in charge of them. Um, I email her. She'll email immediately back. There's uh-huh. going to be training. Um, I've gone to the IO, the iTech. And she was there presenting. I saw her at the national conference presenting. So it's something I've seen. It's just the money isn't there. So right. the money is finally there. So I believe um, she's going to give us all the support that we need. And she'll be immediate as far as help and how to run them. So. Wow. That's great. Um, so you're leveraging technology incredibly well in, in phys ed. Um, if there is a, a teacher who kind of wanted to kind of go that way, um, what advice would you give for them or what, um, how could you, you know, um, share your, your learning other than this podcast, how could you kind of like, um, start a, a grassroots movement in increasing technology and in PE? Um, one of the biggest things I see is I'm willing to make mistakes. If something fails, jump in there. If I fail at it, that's okay. Life moves on. I learn from it. Students are a really great resource. Um, Twitter is an awesome resource as far as me tweeting out what I'm doing and hopefully teachers will reach back to me or me reaching out to other teachers. Um, when I did the breakout EDU, that was from a tweet that was, um, from a conference that I saw. Um, students are also a great way to be creative, reaching out to students. What do you guys like to do? How are you doing this in, um, how are you doing this outside of PE? What are you doing to work out and reaching out to students as well? Yeah, so really, I mean, you, you've shared a ton of great insight just from your own personal experience, but also some of those obstacles you encountered, which you, again, highlighted the fact that you're you're willing to take those risks and then grow from those risks and maybe some of those failures along the way. So really ensuring that you have that growth mindset, um, using the resources that are available, whether it's Twitter that you're reaching out to, or even what we sometimes even forget is our clientele is right in front of us, like seek the student's input. Um, regardless of its PE or gen ed classroom, sometimes we forget how easy it is just to get some feedback of, of where to go. Um, so we'll make sure to link all the stuff in the show notes that you've shared, but we really do appreciate you taking the time to share your insight of what PE can look like in this digital environment that we're currently living in. So again, thank you for taking yeah. the time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Scott, we just got done having the chance to visit with Lisa and she shared a lot of great uh, resources that she's used within her own classroom. But, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me early on in the conversation is she pointed out that kind of her end goal is to really kind of embed healthy lifestyle, um, not only for the current year of working with these students, but lifelong. So we want that health, uh, healthy lifestyle to last beyond the experiences they have in classrooms. And, you know, one of the things that oftentimes tends to create those experiences or maybe habits that last beyond the experiences in the classroom is to really make those really memorable or meaningful for those students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and how do we engage students and make it so that they're memorable? 
just bringing that up makes me think of some memorable lessons from when I was a student. And I can think of, uh, you know, a lesson when I was um, in, in, in fourth grade or a project or an activity that we did where we had to make a, a tower out of straws that was all the way to the ceiling. And that was really engaging for me. It kind of come, it, it was, it wasn't high tech. It was very much low tech, but it was hands-on. It was, um, it kind of hit on the four C's. We were creating this tower. Um, we had to think critically about, you know, structural integrity. And it was, I, I remember thinking about it when I went, went, went home at night and was talking to my parents and thinking, laying in bed, designing how I could make this thing so tall without falling over. Um, and it was definitely, um, a memorable experience for me that I that I, I don't think about day to day now. Right. <laughs> but um, when I when I look back on my time in elementary school, that was definitely um, a powerful learning experience for me. Yeah. So really, I mean, as you alluded to there, the four C's are kind of embedded within that that experience that you had in elementary, and it kind of made me think of an experience I had in a, in a physics classroom in high school and. We had a local company within the, the city that I lived in that built fireplaces, and they actually brought in some fireplaces for us to actually destroy, essentially. Whoa. And they wanted us to tear them apart and kind of look at how we could redesign uh, those fireplaces. And they weren't your traditional gas power. They were just an electric heater, but they had this little system inside that would reflect light and try to make it look like a flame. And so it was our task okay. of how do you redesign the internal structures of this to actually make it so that it reflects light that actually is more authentic to a fire. And so we had to work together in teams. We had to communicate with each other. We had to think critically about how could we redesign it. But it was that experience that I think created some problem-solving skills that are going to last well beyond that experience that we had. And when we, we talk about Lisa, it seems like she's really created some of those experiences, whether it's with the app that she mentioned called Swerkit, where the kids are actually going home and, and using that app because it's so exciting and engaging for them, or even using uh, Plickers is what she used uh, within her classroom, or even I know that she uh, has done a breakout EDU. So really trying to find ways to redefine what PE looks like in the classroom. And I know that wasn't just a magic change overnight. I know it's been something right. that she's probably had to um, probably have some failures along the way. And I'm sure she would admit to that, like, hey, it's not always been smooth sailing. There's been ups and downs and learning from it. But, you know, as you think about that, if, if I'm a teacher that's really looking to try to redesign those experiences within my classroom to make them memorable, what would be kind of some initial steps that somebody could take? Well, I, I, I think that the other thing that I remember her saying that was really powerful for me um, was, you know, her, she's got the mindset of she's not afraid to fail and right. to try. And that's like, that's what we ask our, our students to do every day. Don't be afraid to try and making mistakes is okay. And you learn from their mistakes. Um, so just definitely having that mindset as you look to ways and improve your, um, your instruction. Um, and then, you know, talk with, talk with one of your IDS, the, you know, there's building IDS, there's us innovation folks. Um, there's your, your neighbor at, you know, your classroom next door to you. Um, and you know, there's a wealth of knowledge in, uh, out there on Twitter everywhere, like she mentioned. Um, but I would definitely start with that, that mindset of, knowing it's okay to uh, to not be perfect the first time. Um, and then uh, who can you look for someone you can collaborate with? 
Yeah, so definitely really trying to find your tribe that you kind of fit with, people that are like-minded or even people that might push you a little bit in your thinking and your practice and um, outsourcing those resources that are at arm's reach within your own building for Iowa City Schools. We have the instructional design strategist or even the instructional design strategist with the focus of innovation. So we have a, a lot of resources within the buildings as well as even just your colleagues. It's, it's uh, amazing how oftentimes we overlook how awesome the people that teach right next door to us are within their instruction and, and how looking at instruction through just a, a different lens can be a powerful experience to help us redesign things. And then as also you had mentioned, sometimes you know those that are a little more tech savvy might want to look to Facebook groups or to Pinterest or to Twitter, but it all boils down to the fact is what you mentioned, growth mindset. So how do we continue to foster in, in that growth mindset with not only our students, but even more importantly, teachers, because the more awesome teachers are, I think that has a direct correlation to the experiences that kids have, the achievement that kids come out of school with, and just even those lifelong skills. Absolutely. If you'd like to find the show notes and more information, visit www.listenlearnleadpodcast.com. 